Okay, we're going to be continuing our look at Colossians. Colossians 3 is where we're at this week, verses 12 to 17. And uh, I'm going to invite Dara forward, who's going to come and share with us from these verses. Now, this is Dara. Let's give him a warm welcome to the front. I believe it's your first time preaching here. It is, is, yeah. Uh, Dara's been in the church for a number of months now, haven't you? When did did you... Dara's married to Katie here, if you don't know. (laughs) When did you join us? I can't remember. Um, It was actually January, so it's only been, what, six months? Hey, wonderful. Um, But some of us know Dara from... Uh, before he joined the church because of his work with XLP um, and also connections with Crofton Park Baptist Church. So welcome. It's really good to have you here. Can I pray for you? (laughs) Heavenly Father, we do thank you so much for Dara. We thank you for who you've made him to be. And we pray that his eyes will be fixed on you as he shares with us what you've given him to share And as we all look into your word, Lord, Lord, your word was sent to minister to us. It was sent to speak into our lives. And we pray that it will speak into our lives today. And so, Lord, we pray your blessing on Dara. Pray that he'll be able to communicate all that he wants to communicate. And that he'll know the power of your Holy Spirit working in him and through him. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much for the intro. Um, I wasn't here last week, um, but I listened to the talk that Sam did. And if anybody was here last week, you realized that he stitched me up. Do you remember this, Sam? Yeah. Basically, he didn't get to finish his part and said that I would. It was outrageous. I heard that just from uh, listening to the, the talk. You, did, you gave me no... <laughs> Typical Sam Corey. But I thought I would, I would do that. I'd wrap up your talk for you, Sam. And therefore, you would owe me. And uh, then we can uh, have it in the bank and I can use it at some point later. Um, well, in actual fact, I'm going to let Google Android wrap up your talk. Because he was talking about uh, the part in Colossians... Um, that says there's no Jew or Greek. Um, and I thought this um, Android advert kind of sums it up. Be together, not the same. We've got all our talents, all our different things. Um, don't want it all be the same, but actually being together is just a wonderful, wonderful thing. So you owe me, Sam. You owe me. But moving on uh, to what I want to kind of talk about today is uh, continuing on in Colossians 3, 12 to 17. Um, If you could get that for me, Chris, and then we'll read it together. Jenny has already, but you you can't read the Bible too many times. Uh, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other. And forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, 
put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly, as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Great. Wonderful. Um, in the past couple of weeks, I've uh, got back into cycling. I had a break of about three years, um, and so I'm just picking it back up again. Um, and there's a couple of reasons for doing this. Uh, one is that I've developed a slight stomach. I know. To the extent where when I brush my teeth, it now shakes from side to side. <laughs> so I think that needs to be sorted out. But also... Um, I used to get loads of anecdotes from cycling around, loads of little stories that I could tell people um, and use. And I thought I would use one of those uh, to start today off. Um, I've been a Christian for many years, uh, grew up in the church and kind of learnt about these virtues, these values that we've just read, um, compassion and love and gentleness and kindness. Um, and as I was cycling, I have a great instance to show you how those things look in real life, um, and yeah, well, as the story goes on, you'll see how well I did. So I was cycling along, um, just in Forest Hill actually, a little left-right bend, and I was going about 20 miles an hour. Um, on the bend, a car decided to try and overtake me. Now, on a bend, that's dangerous, you shouldn't do that, driver's out there. And um, I, he got very close, very close to me indeed, um, and so I was angry. Um, and I thought, I'm not having that. And I caught him up, because there's tra traffic, only about 20 metres down the road, it is London, and I skidded in front of him so that he couldn't go anywhere. I know, it's outrageous. And I looked straight through the windshield, and I, had, I was fuming, steam coming out of my nose, fire in my belly, I felt 10 metres tall, I had no fear, and actually I was quite enjoying this confidence that I had. I was like, this is great. Oh, I, feel, I feel wonderful. I was, uh, I was enjoying my self-righteousness. It's always nice to be right, isn't it? And it's always nice to tell people that they're wrong. That was great. Um, and so I said my piece. Um, and like um, Pete introduced Ben, maybe I turned the air a little bit blue. And, and then I cycled on after I'd dealt with him and laid the law down. Uh, I went to my prayer meeting. And... <laughs> And I thought, well, but just before I got to my prayer meeting, as I was cycling along, that's when the guilt kind of stepped in, and I realized, what have I done? What have I done? In 15 seconds or so, I'd basically managed to do the total opposite of what Colossians 3 is kind of asking of us um, and instructing us. And I went from that 10 meters tall quite confident, self-righteous, enjoying my uh, self-righteousness, um, to feeling very, very small indeed. And in fact, it's, um, this story, for some reason, it kind of grabbed me, um, and it bound me, and it held me, and I 
kind of became a slave to it. I started kind of hating myself, actually, about how I'd reacted. Um, is I kind of describe it as, you know, when a tick kind of gets its head um, beneath your skin and it's very difficult to remove. And I kept, in my mind, going back to this moment, thinking, oh, what have I done? What? I've let down myself. I've let down my God. And um, I was actually quite shameful um, about how I'd acted. Now, believe it or not, I've done worse things than road rage in my life. Um, but for some reason, that was the one thing that I went back to, one thing that I kind of grabbed me and, and kind of held me. And basically what I realized is that I was trying to, to do those things, have those attitudes, the compassion and the gentleness uh, in my own strength. And that's wonderful, and I could do it uh, when things are going well. But when I was in a scenario that was a bit more difficult, um, that's when it kind of started to fall flat, and my own strength wasn't strong enough. There's another part in John, which is the next um, passage. And it said, To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can he say that we shall be set free? Jesus replied, Very truly, I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in a family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Amazing passage. Just going to grab a drink. Okay, so if I'm a son, then I can be freed from sin. Freed from the feelings that I had after my cycling outburst. I can actually start being clothed in compassion and the other things outlined there. The prodigal son story in Luke 15 is one of my all-time favorites. It's well known within the church and it's well known even outside the church too. And I think it's because... It's so beautiful, so emotive, uh, it's got so much power and shines so much truth, but is yet so simple, quite easy to grasp. I'm just going to summarize it uh, quickly. But basically, the, uh, the younger brother in this family takes his money, leaves, um, does what he wants with it, um, and kind of messes up, essentially, spends his money on different things that probably wouldn't be advised to do so. Um, And in doing so, he realizes his mistake and thinks about what he could have had uh, back at home, back with the family. And he takes the decision to go back. And he doesn't um, want to be a son. Well, he does want to be a son, but he goes back thinking, even if I was a slave, even if I was just a helping hand, that would be better than where I am now. But the father has a different... Um, idea, and he is waiting and looking and yearning, and he throws a party to celebrate the son coming back. Now, I don't think that the reason for the celebration is purely that the son is safe and he's home and that's great, uh, or that he's um, repented and realized his mistakes. I think it's more, ju- more about the fact that actually his son is back restored in that same relationship 
It's not just about him coming back home and being safe, but actually he's got his son back. And this is shown by the father giving him a robe and a ring and sandals. Um, I was going to ask if you bring your sandals back from last week, Sam, but I've heard, I've heard, I've heard they're not great. Um, did they actually get thrown away? Oh, did you bin them in the end? I couldn't see that on the audio. But um, yeah, Chris is celebrating that. <laughs> but yeah, so putting those two things together. So I'm a son and I'm set free, that passage in John. Um, I've returned home and God has welcomed me in, like the prodigal son. To put a robe on me and a ring on my finger. I am a son. I am a child of God. And then there's this other concept of like father, like son, nature and nurture. Uh, my dad is here to support me. Thank you very much. Um, last night, he phoned me up just to see how I was doing and checked that I was like preparing. Okay. Uh, and he said that he was going to embarrass me as he normally does. He said he's going to say, go on, my son, and different things from the congregation. I know. And um, he's well known for embarrassing me. Um, he's had 28 years to do it, and he's taken every opportunity he's had. So I'm thinking I could have a chance here to, to, uh, to embarrass you ever so slightly, Dad, now that you're, you're here. I oh, know. Exactly. Um, <laughs> we're focusing on Colossians 3 at the moment, James. Uh, no, it's not going to be too bad. But if everybody were to look at my dad and then look at his, look at his hairline, and as you can see, it's receding quite far back. Now, if everybody were to look at my hairline, you'll see that it's receding quite far back too. It's just I've been able to cover it up a little bit. Um, but it is most certainly going. Um, and you've passed it on to me. And Katie, I'm really sorry, but our kids are probably going to have the Picorni hairline too. Um, it's just one of those things. I know. Yeah. No, not yet. <laughs> but it's not just the physical side of things that I've picked up uh, from my dad and from other people that are in positions of influence over me. Uh, it's not just genetics. It's not just nature, but also nurture. Um, something that I have picked up. My dad's one of the funniest people uh, that I know. And I think that's been passed on to me as well. So it's not just the hairline, but the comedy. Thank you. But, yeah, in all seriousness, um, our friends have just had a kid. And if I'm honest, it's the first child that I've actually liked. Normally, <laughs> no, normally, I don't know if everybody's the same. Or maybe it's just me. But normally when I see new humans, I kind of get a bit freaked out. I don't want the responsibility of like, having to hold them. People always try to give them to you. And um, I'm, just, I'm not okay with that, to be honest. But I'm getting better. So those of you that have got young kids, it's all right. Um, but I feel like the interaction with them is always one, one way. And Anyway, I'll move on. I'll move on. But, yeah, our friends have had this kid. And... Um, if you show the picture, uh, I've asked for permission, don't worry. And um, this is me and Freddie. 
And for some, I love Freddie. He's the, like the kid that I just absolutely adore him. And um, I've had the privilege of being his godfather, which is wonderful. Um, but I need, I need a little drink. I know he's, he, he really wants that milkshake, doesn't he? <laughs> but when I was interacting with Freddie... Um, I, I was like messing around, making different noises and blowing bubbles and things. And I found myself doing, see if I can do it now, my mouth's a bit dry. But I found myself doing this. I can't do it. Mwah. But basically, you make a bubble, my mouth's too dry to do it, make a bubble and make a strange sound. And this is something that my dad used to do all the time. <laughs> and every, every, oh yeah, I wonder if he could do it. No, 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 we won't, we won't, we won't, we won't. <laughs> But it's something that he did. Every time he'd interact with uh, a young child, he would always do this. And it's something he did to me and my brother growing up too. And I just had this moment of like, oh my gosh, I'm just like my father. I'm just like my father. Like father, like son is the phrase that we use. And I thought, like, that's an amazing thing actually. The, the amount of influence that a parent has uh, on a young person. Um, and... I'm 28, and now I'm replicating those things again. And um, thankfully, my dad is um, one of the greatest people in the world. We have a very good relationship. I love you. Um, but one of the things I kind of wanted to draw out, um, I know kind of Colossians 3 is somewhere over here, but we're getting there, we're getting there, we're getting there. <laughs> it's this idea of what are we actually called to do in our faith. And I think it can be as simple as we're called to be a son, and we're called to be a daughter, and that's pretty much it. When I try to clothe myself in those attributes in, in Colossians, um, when I do it myself, I'm like a child who kind of trying to put things on, um, put my arm in the wrong side or something like that, and I kind of get it on, but it's, it's not very secure. It's going to fall off. Um, but actually, when I, when I watch how my father does it, my godly father in this instance, when I watch how he does it, when I watch how Jesus does it, when I'm interacting with that family unit, when I see myself as a son because I am a son, then I actually put it on properly and it doesn't fall off as easily. You end up demonstrating the behaviors that you've learned and we should be like our father through the example of Jesus because that's who we spend our time with and learn our behaviours from. I don't believe that God came down into the world uh, as Jesus because we're such grotesque sinners, but actually because we're sons and daughters who have lost our identity. And he wanted that to come back, that, going back to the, the story of the prodigal son. So, not only do I become stronger in demonstrating these attributes because of that realization of being a son, of being uh, a, a daughter, um, a child of God, but I can also move on from the past that holds me back. Like that story, cycling, it grabbed me. I had regrets over that that kept me up at night. I even thought I was, at the time, I was. Um, at Crofton Park Baptist Church, and I don't know if you guys know Carol Bostridge. Um, she works quite a lot with you guys and uh, the Trussell Trust. 
And um, she was my uh, minister at the time. And I thought, what if it was Carol in the car? And I did that. Can you imagine? Or my own mother. Oh, would have been terrible. But I had those, I had those playing around in my head. What if? How did I? Why did I? I can't believe I did that. But actually understanding who I am, putting on that robe, um, putting on the ring on my finger to say I'm a son, means that I can be free from those because I know God loves me so, so much. And uh, it's just interesting, the people that have come forward and prayed, Bev and Naomi, those words that you shared, um, I think have just been that, essentially, pretty much. But yeah, knowing who you are in God enables you to move on from those past things that we kind of held ourselves um, by and bound by. You can live offense-free because your identity comes from God and not other people. There's this concept of um, identity formation, which is a vast subject. Um, But it talks about having a durable core of self. And we put that into different things, and it changes constantly. Uh, Traditionally, it was all about family values and the community, and um, it was all about external things. In the modern world, it's all about what's from within. Look inside. How do you feel? That's who you are. You are in control. What is our durable core of our identity secured in? Is it the things we do, our job title? Or is it being a son of God, a child of God? People um, describe becoming a Christian as a conversion, which I understand, but I, I would say it's a realization. I'd say you weren't something and now you are. You weren't, um, basically, you, you're always loved by God. You're always a child, but it's just that realization moment of stepping into that and being like, I'm accepting that. Yeah, I am. I always have been, but I'm accepting it. And that's the moment. But basically, as we've, we've learned from Colossians and the Bible as a whole, Jesus is the ultimate role model, that his love for us conquered death and reunited the family. Nigel introduced the idea of Jesus plus nothing equals salvation. Sam said it again last week, and I'm going to say it again this week. Basically, I think what I'm trying to say is that when we have an understanding of our identity in God, when we have our understanding of being a child of God, we're able to clothe ourselves in the knowledge of that identity and then bringing that into the Colossians um, passage that I'm speaking on. We're then able to... Sorry, I'm going to start the the passage again. 
Therefore, as God's chosen people, there's that identity part there, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive, us, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you are called to peace, and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly, as you teach and admonish one another with all the wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with great gratitude in your hearts. And do whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. It's nearly impossible to demonstrate those attributes from our own human strength. We can give it a good try, like putting on something as a child. We can give it a good try. But in reality, we need to be wrapped up in what God says about us to be able to walk like that consistently and continually. And that's what I'm going to land on, really. That I don't want us to be people that are just trying to achieve these things, trying to achieve uh, the title of being a compassionate person, trying to achieve the title of being gentle in our own strength. Um, because that becomes a crushing thing where you're trying, and you, you can never be that good. So you're always going to have moments like me where I have a failure or I have a moment of lapse, and then I beat myself up ridiculously about it and that's not what we're trying to do we're not trying to achieve these things we just walk in the understanding that we are a son a daughter a child of God and from that place we're learning from our father straight away and we're learning to develop these things and they're actually going to be core of our personality not something we're trying to achieve and that is pretty much that I, um, I try not to talk for too long. I hope I didn't. I think I did all right. <laughs> what I can't believe about that is that my dad's still got the biggest cheer. Like, it's, uh, it's unbelievable. You've done it again. Thanks, Jenny. I was going to say, it's just as well that my identity is wrapped up in God the Father. But then you guys just praise me as well. Um, but the reason I want to kind of try, well, I try and keep things concise is that I, I'm one for responding. And I like to have a time of response. And sometimes it's not for you. Sometimes it's just cool. That's absolutely fine. Um, but for me, um, I find it very easy to listen to a talk, um, then disappear, go home. And the week, as we all know, um, has, its, has things going on in it that just mean that we push things, other things to the side. Um, and it's very difficult um, for us to find the time. But I'd like us to have some kind of response time. 
Um, and I've prepped James and Jenny, maybe if you guys had anything that you felt um, wanted to be brought out. You're nodding, James. Cool. Um, but yeah, I'm going to let James kind of lead some time of response. So um, when me and Dara were in church together, we used to tag team. And he texted me this morning and was like, do you want to do it like the good old days? <laughs> um, <clears throat> when, he, when he messaged me this morning, um, there was two things, or there was two, two groups, and this might apply to both of you. Um, yeah, two things that came to mind. The first one was some of, some of us have stopped doing certain things because of the things that we've done. So we've stopped, we might have stopped sharing the gospel, we might have stopped um, showing people, um, how can I put this better? Better. We've, we've stopped doing things because we don't think we're good enough, because we don't think God wants to work through us. Like we've stopped reaching our neighbours or we've stopped talking to our families or we've stopped talking to them because I, I, I'm not good enough. If they really knew the real me, then they, then they wouldn't want to have what I have. And it's, it's a lie. God wants to recommission you today. Um, and then also, um, there's some people here, and, and I might be in this category as well, this can apply to all of us. Uh, you've been hurt by circum, certain circumstances born of evil. Um, and he wants you to know, God wants you to know um, his love for you and that he's for you. And so we've, there's, there's two categories. Either you've stopped doing these things because of what you've done, or you've stopped doing these things because of what's been done to you. And actually, like we can probably both go into those categories at some point in some area of our life. But, but today is the day um, that God, and I just love what you were saying about, about, um, about the fact that he has welcomed us home. When, when Jesus died on the cross, he paid for all of that stuff. He paid for the sins that you've committed and I've committed, and he also paid for the sins that were committed against you. And so I really feel like God wants to, to, um, commission, to commission us today, to recommission us, to, to show you that that royal robe is on you already. The royal robe has already been put on you. Like you're already a son or a daughter. You're not, you're not now coming back. Oh, now I need to come back. Like, let me come back. He's already done it in your filth, in your mess, in all your brokenness, in all your damage. But both of those things require forgiveness. Either forgiving ourselves or forgiving those who have, who have done it to us. So that's what I had on my heart. So I will lead you in prayer. <laughs> um, yeah. In fact, I'm going to pray a general prayer and then, and then might get people to respond if that's that good. Cool. So yeah, maybe just, um, just as a sign, it's, it's not like some special formula, just as a sign of being open, open to God, just put your hands out in front of you, close your eyes, don't worry about, just as if you're going to receive a gift. Um, the Bible says, you know, Jesus says in Matthew, to, to those who ask for more of the Holy Spirit, he'll give more. And that's what we need. We need to touch the Holy Spirit today. So Holy Spirit, we invite you. We invite you and we thank you that those who ask, more will be given. So we ask for more of you, Holy Spirit. Thank you that you're here, Lord. Thank you that you're here. And so just as a sign of response, if you feel comfortable, you might not, that's okay. 
if you feel that you're in one of the two categories, so you've stopped doing certain things because of things you've done, or you've stopped doing things because you've been hurt by certain circumstances, by things done to you, then it'd be great if you could stand, because I'd love us as family to stand with you and to pray for you. So if, that's, if you fit into either of those, if you need to forgive yourself or you need to forgive others or you want God to recommission you today, then just stand, stand where you are now. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you for your forgiveness. Lord, we thank you that, that what you did on the cross, it, it, it sealed it sealed our, our identity regardless of what we've done. Often I, I would think about the sins I'd committed and be like, oh God, I'm, I did that on purpose and so you can't forgive me. It's like, oh, you know, he, he dealt with it all. He dealt with it all at the cross. Every sin I've committed was done after he dealt with it at the cross. And he covered me on those. So if you're, if, just an encouragement, if you're not standing up because you don't think you're good enough, or because if you knew, James, what I'd done, then you wouldn't be telling me to stand, then just stand up. Just do it. Don't let pride, don't let brokenness stand in the way of what God has for you today. And just those standing, if... Um, if we could just gather around them and just pray a blessing on them. Just let's be family. It's, it's, it's Holy Spirit that does this. You don't need to comfort them. You don't need to, to give wisdom. Just, just ask God to bless them. Just ask God to touch them. If you get a word, share it. Thank you, Lord. If you're not praying with somebody... Uh, do feel free to just look at that passage again and meditate on it. Allow the words of it to speak to you. And go through it and, and take the time. So often we rush through God's word. But take the time to look at those words. And anything that strikes you, you know, maybe you're really good with some of those attributes, but you're struggling with other ones of them. Ask the Lord to help you, help you with them. And as Dara was encouraging us, it's, it's not about us, it's about us knowing Father, knowing Jesus, knowing that we're in that relationship.